Welcome to Smart Poker Study, brought to you by ThePokerForge.com. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi, and this is the podcast for profitable play and study strategies. Along with those, I give you action steps to take because action is the greatest teacher. My goal is to turn you, my student, into the player that you want to be on your poker journey, one step at a time. Let's do this! Well, I hope you heard last week's episode, number 343, because this week, a little bit of a continuation from that one. Last week, I talked about the classic sniper saying, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And we kind of did a little flip for that for poker, right? Slow is smart and smart is winning. Well, I've got another flip to that, right? Uh, This week, the new saying for poker players is folding is boring and boring is winning. I hope you're intrigued because in just a little bit, I'll tell you exactly how it can work out for you. But first, you're going to want to take notes for today, so whip out that poker journal. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) And to get even more out of this episode, visit the show notes page for a transcript, a video, and links to everything I discuss. Smartpokerstudy.com slash pod344. All right, no more goofing around. Gambate! Bob, in all my years of calling games, I don't think I've ever been this excited. You're excited? Feel these nipples. If you think about it, looking around the table right now, just imagine you got eight players around you, full ring table. Who's your number one target at the table? It's probably the player or the players who play way too many hands, right? They can't help but call preflop with any pretty hand. 10-7 suited, jack-9 suited, ace-8 offsuit, right? Maybe they open raise too much, or maybe they three bet too many hands. They're kind of like too, um, uh, 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 play too many hands the other way, the aggressive way. Or maybe these players just can't find a fold post-flop. Now, the idea of folding is boring and boring is winning, not sexy at all, but it's the absolute truth. When I started playing, I loved seeing flops. Everybody wants to hit flushes and straights to beat their opponent's top pair and two pair hands, right? So I used to do a ton of calling with anything suited, anything connected, any pocket pair, just with the goal of hitting straights and flushes, maybe even hitting two pair with my queen 10 to crack that other player's aces, right? I didn't even really think about what my opponent could hold, you know, their range of hands. And I was just playing poker to hit hands. That was my goal. Now, this is what caused me to just be a loser for a really long time. Uh, Eventually, started studying. And I learned, you you may have heard the expression, tight is right. Well, that goes right along with folding is boring and boring is winning poker. When you play with tighter ranges, you give yourself a mathematical edge over those loose fish, the loose marks at the table. So how do you play tighter ranges than your opponents do? The answer is actually pretty simple. You simply fold more than they do. Now, I've looked at a lot of databases. I played against a ton of opponents, pulled up their statistics in Poker Tracker 4 and everything. And from what I can tell, most microstakes winners... They play less than 25% of hands. That means they V-pip like, you know, 20, 15, 22% of the time. But let's let's look at that uh, easy number, 25%, right? If somebody's a winner and they are V-pipping 25% of the time in total, that means they're folding the other 75% of the time. They're folding three out of every four hands pre-flop. And obviously that can sound pretty boring, right? 
looking at databases and some of my students that come to me too, a lot of the losingest players, they VPIP or they play 30, 35, 40%, 55% of hands. Just way too many. They're giving that mathematical advantage against all their tight, aggressive opponents at the tables. Now, here's what I want you to do. Uh, a little bit of Flopzilla action for you to take. Now, you can go to the show notes page to see pictures of everything I'm about to say. But doing this work for yourself just helps to really sink it into your noggin. Open up Flopzilla Pro and switch to the multiplayer mode. That's where you can enter one range against another. I want you to start with a very simple 25% range. Of course, you can build it, methodically build like a 25% open raising range, or just move the slider over to 25%. Simple, just use the default Flopzilla range. This isn't like critical study right here. I'm just trying to illuminate you to some equity um, uh, inconsistencies or advantages that you have when you have that lower range. So two different players, multiplayer mode, right? 25% for the first range, and then for the second range, Put it up against just 26%. Now, what's the equity difference between these two ranges? Once again, go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod344. You're going to see a screenshot of this, but basically, it's not much of a difference. The 25% range has 50.6 pre-flop equity versus the 26% range, who only has 49.4 equity. The player that folds more preflop, just folds 1% of the time more frequently, has a slight advantage. Now, let's see a little bit bigger of a difference here. Put the 25% range up against a looser 43% range. When you do this, you're going to see that the 25% range has 55% preflop equity versus the 43% range that has 45% equity. I know I'm throwing a lot of percentage numbers at you. It might be hard to follow in the audio podcast. But trust me, go to the show notes page or do this work in Flopzilla yourself, yourself and you will see the numbers. Now, here's the thing. You play 25% uh, of hands. Your opponent plays 43. You have 55% versus their 45%. Humongous different, right? You have a 10% edge against your opponent. Vegas was built on a 1% house edge. So in the long run, you are taking this player's chips. Now, a lot of you who've read Preflop Online Poker or your Poker Forge members, you play with my Kiss Cash Game ranges. And these are going to force you just naturally to tighten up because the calling ranges are really small in each of the positions. The open raising ranges get progressively bigger through each position until you get to the button with the widest range, right? And in the Poker Forge, uh, I have a few videos there dedicated to helping you play profitably with the KISS cash game ranges. Uh, you can find those videos within the Quick Wins section or the Preflop Hand Selection section. But if you don't have the ranges yet because you're not in the Forge or you are not, uh, or you, have, you haven't got Preflop Online Poker yet, you could still get the ranges by going to the show notes page. There's a form right there in the middle. Just enter your name and email, sign up for the weekly boost, and then right there you will be able to download the KISS cash game ranges. So following the KISS ranges, your VPIP will be roughly 15%. So let me ask you a question. What equity advantage do you have versus the 26% range that we mentioned earlier and versus the 43% range earlier? Again, use Flopzilla, put a 15% range versus 26%. You're going to see that that 15%, really tight 15% VPIPPER, VPIPPER, yeah, that's right, VPIPPER, they have 55% preflop equity, 45 for the 26% range. 
Now, what if you're playing against a 43% VPIP or they play almost half a hand? You have 59% equity versus their 41, right? So you can see how playing tighter ranges than all of your opponents do, that's going to lead you to gold along your poker journey. Now, some of you might be saying to yourself, Sky, when we play poker, it's not my VPIP versus their VPIP. I raise, maybe they call. I raise, they 3-bet, and maybe I call. There are different situations, so this VPIP versus VPIP stuff is not applicable. And I completely disagree with you. <laughs> Two things for that. Thing one is that, yes, VPIP versus VPIP, um, it's not exactly how you play poker, right? But the idea is applicable and useful because your general tendency of folding a lot and playing less hands means you've got stronger ranges in the long run, in general, in most of situations or most situations than your opponents do. Thing two. So we pit 15% versus a 43% range, right? Let's imagine you open raise 15% of the MP and the big blind player calls with a 50% range. So we just looked at 15 versus 43%, but right now 15 versus 50% range. What kind of equity advantage do you think your 15% range has over a 50% blind defender? Again, go to the show notes page or work in Flopzilla, 15% versus a 50% calling range. You have 62% equity versus their 38%. The idea here is that in this exact situation against the same type of player, he V-pips 43, they could potentially call 50% of the time in the big blind. If they V-pip 43% of the time, they love putting money into the pot to see the flop and they love defending their big blinds. They're calling 50%. You have, you, have, you have them crushed in terms of equity. You have a 24% pre-flop advantage. So another thing, some of you, something's nagging in the back of your head and you're thinking to yourself right now, Sky, I cannot fold that much. That's too boring. And I don't want to be a nit. And when you say that to me, I would say, yeah, you're right. Because as something I learned from Stewie and the family guy a long time ago, he said, whether you think you can or you can't, you are right. Now, Stewie was quoting Henry Ford at the time, but that's absolutely true. If you think you cannot fold that much, that it's too boring, that you're going to hate poker, totally. You're just going to keep calling and not folding, and you're going to continue being a losing player. You are your own worst enemy, and your inability to fold, that's what's causing a lot of your losses. Uh, The other day, I had a one-on-one coaching session with a student. And in this most recent session, we were going through his hands, and I found six times where he limped and then called a raise. And we've discussed this a million times, he and I. He knows not to do it. He knows not to limp in. But here's the thing. His own bad habits that he developed from years of playing live poker and then years of taking those same strategies to the online felt, he just developed that bad habit. So... Uh, in the most recent three weeks or whatever since we met prior, he played 3,000 hands. His bad habits came back and it caused him to limp and then call six times. So he knows that this is an issue for him. He has to work to break this habit of limping. A lot of you listening right now have to break that habit as well, but maybe also the habit of just calling too often in general. You see Queen 10 suit and you think, hey, this can flop something, I call. Without considering your opponent, considering positions, considering who is left to act, the stack sizes involved, none of that. You just see Queen 10 and then you call. What I want to do now is give you three tips to break calling habits. 
And these are going to be perfect for those of you who just V-pip way too often. If you're V-pipping 35, 40, even 28% of the time, and you're a losing player, it's probably pre-flop calls and pre-flop limps that are putting you in terrible situations, and that's probably where you're losing most of your money. So here's tip number one. Realize that calling is not as good as raising. So for those of you who was doing the work in Flopzilla Pro, whip out Poker Tracker 4 now. I want you to run five different pre-flop filters. Filter 1 is raising first in. Filter 2, pre-flop 3 betting. Filter 3, limping into the pot. Filter 4, calling a 2 bet. And then filter 5, raising, then calling the 3 bet. Now out of these five filters... It's really likely you're making money with the first two, the aggressive plays of raising first in and three betting. And also, you're likely losing money with the last three calling plays of limping, calling two bets, and then calling three bets after raising. I've seen hundreds of databases from students, and this is normally the case, right? Winning when raising and losing when calling. I want you to let this realization help you to find more pre-flop folds. You already know by running these numbers that raising is where you're winning. Calling is where you're losing. Decrease the number of calls. Keep your raising the exact same, right? If you decrease those losing calls, you're going to be making more profits. Your bankroll will start to go up. Your bottom line goes up. Your win rate goes up because you're not making losing calls as often anymore. Okay, tip number two is to use ranges. And I discussed the Kiss Cash game ranges uh, already, but you want to get preflop online poker or join the Poker Forge or go to the show notes page for today. Get the Kiss Cash game ranges and just start using them, right? And you don't have to, it has, doesn't have to be like a, a life changing event. Just use the ranges for the next 5,000 hands. See how you enjoy them. See how your profits potentially go up and your win rates go up because you're folding more preflop. All right, tip number three is to be okay with being a nit. Now, too many students, they come to me and they say things like, I can't fold here, that's too nitty. Uh, I never fold this hand, there's too much potential with it. Or if I fold now, I'm giving up and they're all going to think I'm a pushover. Here's the thing, you control your attitude towards folding. If you choose to view or to see folding as being nitty, Well, you're just going to see that, and then you're not going to be able to find the fold. Instead, I want you to be fine with folding because you now know that folding is winning poker. Your own database proves it to you. When you fold more and not call as often, it puts you in a better position to win more chips from those looser opponents. This is going to give you that unbeatable, in the long run, unbeatable mathematical edge over your loose opponents. Now, One of the great things about folding is that your opponents do not know what you had, right? Uh, As long as you don't show and make sure you never show a hand that you fold. Uh, Here's the thing. Let's say you opened with ace jack and somebody three bet you and you made a really tight lay down, right? They don't know that you had ace jack. They don't know that you're capable of folding that hand. For all they know, you were stealing with 10-7 suited. The nitty feeling that you have, it's all in your own head. And because it's in your head, you control the narrative. So here's a better narrative to tell yourself. Instead of, I can't fold here, that's too nitty. Say to yourself, I'm folding here because it's the best play. 
And this sets me up for future success while avoiding losses right now. So before today's challenge, got some shout outs for you. I have this new thing at Smart Poker Study that I do, uh, or these new things that I create called programs. And you can find out and get programs for free from smartpokerstudy.com slash programs. What they are are between seven to 10 day programs, kind of like mini courses, where I teach you one specific thing and I give you action steps to really improve your skills around that thing. Um, I have some incredible poker peeps. Like I said, you can get these programs for free, but these incredible poker peeps actually donated a little bit of money to help keep the smart poker study ship afloat. So I want to thank Brenda Bonnet, Kraus, Warren Flett, Claiborne, Zarif, Stroller, Werner Tashner, Warren Flett once again, Jay White, and Jack all donated for these various programs. Now, Bob Sand, though, gave me a record amount. I'm not going to say what that amount is, but Bob blew it up with his donation. It blew my mind. Thank you so very much, Bob. I really do appreciate it. Uh, The one that Bob uh, gave me a donation for was the Online Poker First Steps program. So I would imagine... Uh, this really helped Bob get started with his online poker journey, helped him get set up with Poker Tracker 4, Flopzilla, The HUD, all that jazz. So thank you very much, Bob, for being my number one donator ever. I appreciate it. Um, if you want to pick up any of these programs, Online Poker First Steps program, Elevate Your Poker Mindset, or get more from Poker Tracker 4, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash programs. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Start folding more. Now, I gave you three tips in this episode to help you do so. Take action on them one at a time to train yourself to fold and avoid some bad situations and losses. Those three things, once again, those three tips I gave you. Number one, realize that calling is not as good as raising. Number two, use ranges. Number three, be okay with being a nit. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Go write a book. All righty, poker peeps. Your learning isn't complete until you visit the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod344. Get a transcript of everything I discussed today. And for all of you who are struggling with microsticks online poker, I am telling you, thepokerforge.com is the site for you. One-of-a-kind poker training where I combine strategy, action steps, quizzes, and play demonstrations like no other. There are nine masterclass courses, and every week I am adding new content to the Forge among one or, one or more of those courses, right? These courses are going to teach you all the strategies that you need for a profitable poker journey. And I give you hundreds, literally hundreds of action steps that force you to practice what you learn. So please visit thepokerforge.com right now for more information and to join today. You're going to love being a member of thepokerforge.com. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.